Yo, what up? Welcome to another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. I'm Patrick, and I am joined by good old Vubang. What's up, Vubang? What's up, Patrick? Nothing, man. Just celebrating an interesting 102-100 victory over uh, the Indiana Pacers. I got some thoughts on this game, man, but uh, what were your impressions? I can't wait until this this three-point uh, record is over. Like, yeah. I really think this is a mental this is a mental thing for Steph the past few games. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. you can just see it. I think everything that he's doing is just rushed. It is a little bit off. I mean, it's even affecting his free throws. It's even affecting his passes. Like this is all mental. Like there's, there's no way around this. Cause I think, I think on a scale of one to 10 with like a regular season game in Indiana, like it's usually a three, like nobody cares, you know? And mm-hmm. so to ratchet this up to this, I mean, did you see the, did you see the, the, uh, the Philly fan the other day that had like the 10, the 10, yeah. three sign. Yeah. And then yeah. Like the three threes were knocked, were like ticked off. Like I texted it to my old uh, colleague, my old friend uh, who I worked with, um, who's a Philly fan. And I was like, is this like what Philly fan, like I would have gotten the old Philly <laughs> Fans would have get kicked that guy's ass. Right? <laughs> I mean, if you're talking about fans that boo Santa Claus, like, aren't you rooting for Steph in that case? It doesn't matter if you have a Sixers hat on. It's been really bizarre. This whole kind of circus is strange, and it is weird. It's it's pretty clear that it's affecting him a little bit, and. His shot is way off, man. Like he's looking like Jordan Poole when he misses, missing left, right. There was one that was like one of the uglier bricks I've ever seen Steph take when it's not like off balance or from half court or something. It's just one of those that hit the rim, like the side of the rim and just was like thud and went straight down. I've never seen two air balls in a row. I mean, two air balls in one game before. It's weird, man. His shooting percentages from three, like since this game was five for 15, the previous game against the Sixers, three for fourteen. Against the Blazers, six for seventeen. It is weird that it's affecting him this much because he's been through so many tough games, so many like playoff battles, and he's pretty strong mentally, right? But maybe there's just something about this particular record and uh, and whatnot that's uh, bugging him. But I <laughs> I hope Ray Allen is just traveling to all these places, right? <laughs> like following him <laughs> to see if he'll break the record because I think he was in Philly. And then I think he probably came to Indiana, and then he'll be in New York. But no. you know what he reminds me of? He reminds me of the uh, the the '72 Dolphins or whatever year that was. That team that traveled <laughs> whenever somebody's the hater to team, there. yeah, yeah. And then they celebrate when the team loses. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, the, the, when, when the Patriots, the, when they lost, uh, what was that to the Giants in the Super Bowl or something? But that's what Ray Allen is. I mean, Ray Allen is kind of a low key hater. I mean. A little bit, a little bit. That Dan Patrick uh, interview where he said, you know, you could still call him the uh, the best three pointer, three point shooter of all time. I was like, yeah, that's fine. My man. comparison, my comparison is the Flash versus Superman. You know, like the Flash, <laughs> yeah. the Flash has raced Superman, I think, seven times and won like four times. So it's great. We can call Ray Allen whatever he wants, greatest shooter, or whatever. But then Seth is like literally everything else plus shooter. I mean, he's. It's absurd. Yeah. He can have the one thing if he wants. Well, I mean, Ray Allen was an amazing all-around shooting guard, but uh, of course, Steph is like 
completely different species, you know what I mean? But what else did you think about this game? I think that the Pacers are... I, it really frustrates me watching the Pacers. I mean, the, the Pacers are the very definition of a mid-market team or a small-market team. Mm-hmm. And they are always going to be just this good. Like, not bad, not great, just like this, right? A bunch of, like, 24 to 28-year-olds that are kind of promising and scrappy and blah, blah, blah. And I'm just really annoyed, actually, that they drafted Chris Duarte, who's 24 years old, and just basically seems like he's been there for five years. You know, like they drafted me, he was 19. And, (laughs) you know, obviously we could have gotten him instead of Moody if he fell, was it one or two spots or whatever. And now they're just going to trade the whole team. Like they're just trading the rest of the team because they realize they don't want to be in the mid, you know, the mid tier anymore. It just really frustrates me. Like, I feel like, like we are basically as tax paying, a tax paying team. We're just subsidizing basketball in Indiana. That's what really annoys me watching this team play. (laughs) You know, I have never thought about it that way, but you know, that just actually makes me, well, it doesn't make me anything. It's not my money, (laughs) but I was looking at the indie lineup and I was like, why are they why are they doing a fire sale on this team? Because they have some solid pieces. I mean, I don't follow Indiana close enough, so obviously there's some reason. I haven't read any articles about them either, but they have good players. I guess it's just like, well, the ship has sailed, let's let's move on from it, you know? And uh I was bummed when they took Duarte in the draft because I was wanting him especially especially after the Warriors took Kaminga because I wanted that kind of help now guy in the 14 spot, even kind of hoping that Davion Mitchell would fall there. Obviously he went a couple spots after Kaminga, but you know, uh, Duarte would be, he'd be obviously playing more than, than Moody at this point, but uh, you know, it would have been great. It would have been great to have him. It would really would have been great. But I mean, yeah. the, the reason I mean the the reason why they're getting rid of their players is they're a mid market team. Like nobody's dying to go to Indiana, right. so they just need to package two or two of those players to actually get, you know, one of the big names that are going out there and then build around them. Because this is just nobody's going to Indiana. <laughs> nobody's dying to play in Indianapolis. Like if you ask a bunch of NBA players, like what city the Indiana place, Pacers play in, like would they even know that it's Indianapolis? This is. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, te- the team is basically there because because what is it basketball was not invented there but you know developed there there's no other reason to have a basketball team there i'm sorry to Indianapolis fans yeah i mean it's kind of unfortunate right because they do have good players but it's like well you know maybe they're getting too expensive and there's no way forward so let's just uh cut bait i suppose I watched for Miles Turner in this game and he seems like a good enough dude. You know, I've read some articles on him and watched some tape of him, just like interviews and post game pressers. Seems like a good guy, but there was nothing in this game that made me say, okay, let's trade somehow no. Wiseman for Miles Turner. No. Cause obviously you'll have to trade a bunch of salary too. But I was like, no, what no, I, I don't want this dude. Huh? Ooh, Sabonis, man. That guy is nice, you know? He's nice, like, in terms of his passing, his craftiness, his shooting. But uh, I would want to see what's on paper first. Obviously, I I don't think the Warriors brass is going to trade Wiseman. And I still want to keep Wiseman. But if it was like, oh, man, just sprinkle Sabonis' game 
into the <laughs> just drop it into the Warriors uh passing offense. Ooh, that'd be uh you'd lose some stuff on defense, but man They would ooh. want too much for him, man. Two time all star. They would want way too much for him. Yeah, and how old's that dude? I mean, I'm sure he's still like in his early he's prime. Twenty four, twenty five at most. Are you serious? You don't follow uh, Gonzaga basketball? Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah. Re- even with the Chet Chet? Well, right I now? mean, you know at this point that I don't follow college basketball unless the Warriors have a lottery pick. So, um, Are you sure you don't I, want to go to LMU to watch Chet Holmgren play this year? Yeah, yeah LMU, play? man, that is way across town, man. I'm just, <laughs> no, it's just not worth the traffic, you know what I mean? And uh, by the way, I, I'm sure other people have said this, but um, – doesn't Chet Holmgren, doesn't he look like Cousin Greg from uh, Succession? He does. Yeah. He does. I've only seen one episode, and I know that for sure. Okay, but oddly tall, right? Because Cousin Greg is like 6'6", amongst regular uh, height people. And then uh, Chet Holmgren is like 7 feet tall amongst uh, basketball players. So, I don't know. He's going to gain some uh, muscle mass and look exactly like Cousin Greg or whatever. <laughs> when he gets drafted, hopefully everybody will be like, hey, that's that's – cousin greg one other observation i'll add about these games i mean these away games i mean it's just i don't see any of the bench players like really stepping up like usually we have one player step up and we're just not getting that right now it's just kind of unbelievable that one flash of of kaminga got me real excited dude oh yeah man i was like finally because i had been pining for him in the suns game in phoenix and then that spurs game where he and Moody played pretty well in the G League that night. <laughs> I was like, the Warriors could have really used him against the Spurs because they were tired from the Suns game at home. Can you can you describe that to me? Like, why why are they scheduling any of our players to play in the G League on a game where they're just running nine or ten players on the court? I don't know. I don't know. I think it's very bizarre. Yeah, it's because tie those... your hand behind your back. Those guys in that Spurs game would have they didn't they weren't even in, in the arena for the Suns yeah. game, so there was no letdown. And they're young and they have energy, and it wouldn't have been a trap game for them. It would have been an opportunity. But yeah, in terms of the bench, that's one thing that I was talking about over the weekend. I think that right now the Warriors, because of their really really awesome opening season schedule, they haven't had adversity really on the road. And so it's like trying to figure out who these guys are on the road, right? Like we don't have Sean Livingston, like these veterans basically who know how to play on the road. We have JTA who still makes a ton of mistakes on the road. You know, Gary Payton's played actually pretty well, but even guys like, uh, I mean, Bielitz has been in the slump. So it's still, Steve Kerr is still, searching when the Warriors aren't hitting, when they're not hitting shots, when people aren't bringing enough energy. So he's just searching and searching. And, you know, if they don't win this game, that's going to be a massive storyline, right? But I said in the group text, man, I said like the Warriors need tough, stressful wins like this because they need to know, their young guys need to find out what it's like to win tough, stressful games. Steph knows how, Draymond knows how, Looney knows how. But these other guys, it's like they only know how to blow people out or lose heartbreakers where no one can hit a three-pointer. This season almost feels like it's reverse what I was expecting the season to be. Mm-hmm. Like the last few games felt like this should have been where the Warriors were at in the beginning, just feeling themselves out and then eventually yeah. rolling into getting figuring things out. Um, but, you know, we might we might have sort of 
mistaken the team for what it was based on the schedule. So many home games, so many games against bad teams. Um, so, I mean, I'm not super stressed out about this, um, nah. but I do know that, you know, they might have had some thoughts about not throwing Wiseman and Clay into a, a team that's rolling. Uh, but now they're probably saying, yeah, this is, <laughs> we probably need them pretty soon. So it might, yeah. occur, it might be a good thing. That's actually a good point about this team does look like a team that is trying to figure itself out. I mean, they know who they are at home, but on the road against teams that are coming after them with everything, that's a, that's a whole different beast. And it's interesting too, because I keep thinking about all the other teams, all the dynasty teams. And this is, I mean, I guess it's obvious to say it's different from all of them, but it's really different in the sense that like the first year team caught everybody by surprise. It didn't, they didn't get everyone's best shot. And then the 73 win team, they were just on another level. And then all the KD teams, they could just flip the switch no matter what. This team doesn't have a switch to flip in these scenarios and they need to figure out how, because Closing lineup is always different, and that's fine for now. And I'm sure with Clay, as long as he's like 70% or, or better, uh, he'll fill one of those roles instantly. But right now, like the whole kind of feeling out process, I mean, it's early still in that respect. Uh, so again, I'm not worried either, but hopefully uh, Kerr figures some, something out soon the size really does scare me though i mean sabonis getting what is it 20 last time i looked at his uh how many points he had yeah 28 but i'm sure oh he had 30 points the size does scare me like i really do think that we need a little bit more size and i'm not sure if wiseman would sort of provide the the foundation of anything substantial that i would want well what would be your move to get some size um, I mean, we always had like a Zaza or JaVale or um, a Mo Buckets, like just another few minutes. You know, mm -hmm. can we get somebody that's sort of like just a few minutes additional? Because right now, <laughs> no, I'm going to do that thing that all the reporters do where we basically, you know, <laughs> talk about a one-way trade, pick up somebody on waivers or something. But don't you yeah. feel like we need like one more body? No, I would Upside. love one more uh, body. When the season started, I was like, holy crap, this team has so many wings finally again, you know? And then it was like, oh, they have nobody up front. And my friend Aram, he was like, forget Miles Turner. Let's let's uh, look at getting Marc Gasol back into the league because he's playing for a team that he founded out in Spain. And if you can convince him to to hop on the squad second half of the season yeah just for two uh, months for 10 to 15 minutes a game just against the big dudes you know and then you have Wiseman who hopefully can give you 10 to 15 minutes a game uh then I think that really makes a huge difference and the odd man out on this uh stack lineup would be <laughs> Bielitsa I think right now yeah I mean I don't get Bielitsa's game right now I mean he's really hesitant with his threes for some reason. Do you sense yeah. that too? I feel like he's passing up a lot of threes. Yeah, he's always wide open when he kicks it out, kicks it to somebody else. It is strange, but he would be my odd man out, especially center for center. You know. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm fine with him in the regular season for now, but I think once, once uh, Wiseman comes back, you know, I think we'll know for sure if we need another big body. 
football fans. I'm sure we all love an action-packed, high-scoring NFL game, but with the latest no-brainer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, you'll be a winner once a single point scored. New customers who bet just $1 on any team to score can win $100 in free bets. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still get in on the NFL action. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code TBPN, bet $1 on any team to score, and win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with promo code TBPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. I need to talk to you about your Steph Curry slander. Please, please tell me why you think he's lost a step or whatever it is that you said. Oh, no, it's just the eye test, man. You know? I think Steph has possibly lost his step. It's not like an indictment. I think it's actually been discussed in general that part of the reason why he put on more muscle to absorb contact is because he can't get to the basket as easily as before. So he'll take more contact in general, you know, because guys will catch up to him and and whatnot. So, yeah, I, I just never saw him as sort of getting to the basket with speed. It was always cunning. And I think a few factors are playing into this, most notably the the foul calling this year, which is just, you know, people are getting used to the new rule changes. And I feel like obviously he hasn't been affected as much as Westbrook and Dame and, and Harden. Um, but I feel if you're taking all of that, plus this record, plus, you know, not having another um, three-point threat as, as good as Clay out there, there's all these things that add up, I think, that are more significant than losing a step. Um, Because I never saw him. I mean, I never saw him as an athletic guard that could just get to the rim anytime he wanted It with speed. It was more about cunning. But I mean, you combine all that because he was never a speed guy anyway. But like just going from age 25 to 33, 34, you're going to lose some quickness, you know. And if you do put on bulk, even a greater chance that you lose some quickness in general. And Hey, fact of the matter is there's not a lot of guys who can guard him still, but there's also more dudes who have been brought up to guard guys like that, right? That's where you get Mikhail Bridges, Feibel, these long rangy dudes who are focused on guarding a guy like Steph Curry. You know, you're not dealing with Clint Capella out on the wing, you know? I really love Mikhail Bridges, man. Yeah, man. Like watching him, I was like, okay, so if that's the Moses Moody comp, Moody has definitely got to work on his foot speed. Yeah. So the Warriors, they play in New York, and then they play in Boston, and then Toronto, back-to-back. So right now they're one and one on a five-game road trip. What's your prediction for how they finish? Um, I think they're going to win against the Knicks tomorrow because Steph does really well at MSG. I don't mm-hmm. see them. I don't think they... I think they're going to split Boston and Toronto. I mean, back-to-back Celtics-Raptors, that's kind of rough. Yeah, that's going to be a tough one. Who who would you want them to beat out of those two? If they're going to, if Boston. They're going to lose one. <laughs> yeah? I mean, I would love them to beat Boston. <laughs> Raptor fans are the nicest people in the world. So I, I don't – I have no qualms against Raptor fans. 
Yeah, I didn't until the finals. So I just want them to punish the Raptors as much as possible. So how many of the three young guys would you trade for? Well, would you trade any of them for Miles Turner? I would trade Moses Moody for him. Okay. <laughs> well, what about Sabonis? Would you trade two of the three for Sabonis? No. No, okay. because even though it would, quote unquote, probably help ensure our odds of uh, winning a title, I am so invested, as you know, in James Wiseman and Jonathan Kaminga. That yeah. guy is is <laughs> is a bad man, you know? Yeah. And um, I personally just want to see those guys play together for once, even if it's garbage time, second half of the season. I just want to see what it's like to have two athletic, physically dominating guys. The Warriors don't have it. They've never had that, right? So I just want to see it. We talked about how the Warriors never had a Wiseman-type center last season, and they've never had somebody like Kaminga. I mean, Kevin Durant, sure, uh, in terms of just getting to the basket and being dominant, but like a physical specimen at 19 who I think can play both sides, both ends of the floor. You know, we haven't had that uh, ever. <laughs> Chris Weber. Chris Gatling. <laughs> Big Vic. <laughs> yeah. What about you? I would trade one, one of the three. It's not going to happen, obviously, but Sabonis is enticing, but he doesn't play any defense, right? He was just, yeah. it's just so frustrating to see him just score so easily. Yeah, he seems to have like really short arms. He looks like a T Rex <laughs> to me out there. He does, yeah. Uh, it's weird because like when you when they punch in on like close ups of him, he has like an enormous head yeah. and like really narrow shoulders and like short arms. So you would trade one of the young dudes, uh... <laughs> other than Mo- Moody, obviously. But okay, I just want to see Wiseman come back, dude. I just yeah. want to see him come back. Yeah, yeah, same here. I think uh, I think we're ready for that next phase of the season where somebody comes back you know this is part of the story where it happens yeah yeah because like i feel like warriors fans uh, as a whole we've been pleasantly surprised about how good this team is and we're like oh wow uh, the those uh fantasies in our minds of like a, being a dominant dynasty team again with some hiccups here and there and there's a little bit of hand wringing and then it's like okay time to move on like inject clay we'll ride that wave inject wiseman we'll ride that wave and then you know go from there this is a very dramatic season i'm enjoying myself thoroughly oh man it is like an amazing league pass season i'm like super happy that i decided to get league pass this year for the whole nba all right well that's another episode of the oakland warriors podcast be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast feel free to hit me up on twitter at patrick epino epino or at oakland warriors check us out at oaklandwarriors.com and be sure to tell your fellow warrior fan friends to tune in and listen to the oakland warriors podcast produced by national film society and is a part of the basketball podcast network and if you're so inclined please leave us a five-star review on apple podcast and say nice stuff about us in a review thanks that's it Music in this episode provided by Paper Sun. Special thanks to Paul Amardo for production support. See you next time, and go Dubs.